Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about pancreatic cancer. And as always you can follow along with written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash pancreatic cancer or in the general surgery section of the Zero to Finals surgery book. So let's get straight into it. Pancreatic cancer is often diagnosed late and has a very poor prognosis. The vast majority are adenocarcinomas and most occur in the head of the pancreas as opposed to the tail or the body. Once a tumour in the head of the pancreas has grown large enough, it can compress the bile ducts and this results in obstructive jaundice, which is a key feature of pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancers tend to spread and metastasize early, particularly to the liver and then to the peritoneum, the lungs and the bones. The average survival when diagnosed with advanced disease is around 6 months. If pancreatic cancer is caught early and the cancer is isolated to the pancreas and surgery is possible, the 5-year survival is still around 25% or less. So let's talk about the presentation. Painless obstructive jaundice is a key presenting feature that should make you immediately consider pancreatic cancer. The key differential diagnosis to this is cholangiocarcinoma. Painless obstructive jaundice occurs when the tumour at the head of the pancreas compresses the bile ducts, blocking the flow of bile out of the liver. It presents with yellow skin and yellow sclera, which is jaundice, pale stools, dark urine and generalised itching. The other presenting features for pancreatic cancer can be vague including non-specific upper abdominal or back pain, unintentional weight loss, a palpable mass in the epigastric region, a change in the bowel habit, nausea or vomiting, and a new onset of diabetes or a worsening of type 2 diabetes. A Tom tip for you, it's worth noting that a new onset of diabetes or a rapid worsening of glycemic control in type 2 diabetes can be a sign of pancreatic cancer. Keep pancreatic cancer in mind if a patient in your exams or in practice has worsening glycemic control despite good lifestyle measures and medications. Let's talk about referral. The NICE guidelines on suspected cancer, which were last updated in January 2021, give the criteria for when to refer for suspected pancreatic cancer. And there are two main scenarios where you would refer. A patient over 40 presenting with jaundice and this patient should be referred on a two-week wait referral directly for pancreatic cancer or over 60 with weight loss plus an additional symptom that may suggest pancreatic cancer and we'll talk about those additional symptoms shortly and this patient should be referred for a direct access CT of the abdomen. The NICE guidelines suggest a GP referral for a direct access CT of the abdomen or an ultrasound scan if the CT is not available to assess for pancreatic cancer if the patient has weight loss plus any of diarrhea, back pain, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, constipation or new onset of diabetes. The Tom tip for you. As far as I'm aware, suspected pancreatic cancer is the only scenario where GPs can refer directly for a CT scan. Whenever guidelines and clinical practice have notable exceptions like this one, it's worth taking note of as these make good facts for examiners to test your knowledge on. 
Let's talk about two named signs that are relevant to pancreatic cancer. Courvoisier's law states that a palpable gallbladder along with jaundice is unlikely to be gallstones. The cause is usually cholangiocarcinoma or pancreatic cancer. Trousseau's sign of malignancy refers to migratory thrombophlebitis as a sign of malignancy, particularly pancreatic adenocarcinoma. Thrombophlebitis is where the blood vessels become inflamed with an associated blood clot or thrombus in that area. Migratory refers to the fact that the thrombophlebitis recurs at different locations over time. So let's talk about the investigations in pancreatic cancer. Diagnosis is based on imaging, usually a CT scan, plus histology from a biopsy of the lesion. A staging CT scan involves a full CT of the thorax, abdomen and pelvis, commonly known as a CT tap. This is to look for metastases and other cancers. CA199, or carbohydrate antigen 199, is a tumour marker that may be raised in pancreatic cancer. It's also raised in cholangiocarcinoma and a number of other malignant and non-malignant conditions. So it's not specific, but it's worth remembering the link with pancreatic cancer. Magnetic resonance cholangiopancreatography, or an MRCP scan, is a type of MRI scan that can be used to assess the biliary system in detail to assess patients who have got obstructive jaundice and look for obstruction of the biliary system. Endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography, or ERCP, is a procedure that can be used to put a stent in and relieve the obstruction, and it can also be used to obtain a biopsy from the tumour. A biopsy of a malignant lesion in the pancreas may be taken through the skin, which is a percutaneous biopsy, and this is done under ultrasound or CT guidance. Or a biopsy can be taken during an endoscopy procedure under ultrasound guidance. So let's talk about management. Management will be decided at a hepatobiliary multidisciplinary team meeting, or MDT meeting. This is where people from different specialties come together to decide what would be the best course of action in treating or managing the pancreatic cancer. Surgery to remove the tumour is more likely to be considered with smaller tumours that are isolated in the head of the pancreas, which accounts for about 10% of cases. There are a number of surgical options depending on the location of the tumour, and they may include a total pancreatectomy, removing the entire pancreas, a distal pancreatectomy, removing the distal part of the pancreas, a pylorus-preserving pancreaticoduridunectomy, or PPPB, which is also known as a modified Whipple's procedure, and finally a radical pancreaticoduridunectomy, which is a Whipple's procedure. And we'll talk about Whipple's procedures in more detail shortly. In most cases, curative surgery is not possible. Palliative treatment may involve stents inserted to relieve the biliary obstruction, surgery to improve symptoms, for example, bypassing the biliary obstruction, palliative chemotherapy to improve symptoms and extend life, palliative radiotherapy, again, to improve symptoms and extend life, and end-of-life care with symptom control. Finally, let's talk in detail about the Whipple's procedure. 
A Whipple's procedure, which is also known as a pancreaticoduridinectomy, is a surgical operation to remove a tumour of the head of the pancreas that has not spread. A Whipple's procedure is a massive operation, so patients need to have a good baseline of health. It involves the removal of the head of the pancreas, the pylorus of the stomach, the duodenum, the gallbladder, the bile duct, and any relevant lymph nodes. A modified Whipple's procedure involves leaving the pylorus of the stomach in place. It's also known as a pylorus-preserving pancreaticoduodenectomy, or PPPD procedure. So thanks for listening to this episode on pancreatic cancer. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing this podcast, and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about pancreatitis.